Hello everybody, welcome back to the Nick Asylum Podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about my experience being a patient at a psychiatric facility. So when I was in high school in 2013, the girl that I was dating at the time was cheating on me, right? And the girl that I eventually would end up with that was also an ex, which is her best friend, shout out to Brittany, um... Brittany, I actually appreciate you for telling me that she was cheating. A lot of girls nowadays, they won't tell on their friend because of them calling it snitching or being disloyal or anything like that. But, you know, it actually makes you a bigger piece of shit because you're probably not going to be friends with that girl anyways down the road, you know what I'm saying? So, thank you, Brittany, for telling me. So, me and her got in a little bit of an argument. Me and the girl was dating. And what ended up happening is... Some other girl named Chelsea jumped in and was like, you don't need to be talking to her like that. I said, shut the fuck up. This has nothing to do with you. You know, I could have said it a little bit nicer, but when your girlfriend's been cheating on you for a while, you know, you kind of you kind of get pissed off and you kind of just don't give a fuck anymore, especially when you're 16 years old. You know what I'm saying? So she kept threatening me. It was like, oh, you want to talk shit? Well, I'll beat your ass out, you know, after school when your mama can watch. And I was like, well... You know, you can go out the back gate of the school and just meet me down the road if that's how you feel. You know what I'm saying? Even though I was pointing at the back gate, I live down the street through the front gate. You go to the front gate of the school and you take a left. You drive down that way. I live in that direction. I was pointing her in the direction like towards my buddy Michael's house. (laughs) But was I actually going to do anything to her? No, not at all. You know, once I left that class, like after that little altercation, the, you know, I didn't even say nothing after that. I was like, all right, just meet me after school down the street. That's it. Go to that direction, take a right, and go down the street. That was it, right? So I left the class, and I wasn't even worried about it. I went to my next period and completely forgot about the situation. But here I am going to lunch, and the principal, Mr. Thompson, pulled me aside and was like telling me I needed to go see the other principal. And I'm like, all right. So I go and see the other principal, and she's telling me that this young lady, Chelsea, went and told her that I threatened to kill her, which never came out of my mouth, which was stupid to me. I'm like, what the fuck? So I told her what was happening. So she had me sit in the guidance counselor's office until my parents got there. They got there, and they're talking about admitting me to a psychiatric facility. What kind of bullshit is this, man? Just because something... This is what really pissed me off. This is why... You know, I don't have a lot of respect for a lot of females because how am I getting in trouble and locked up in a psychiatric facility because of something a girl lied about? You know what I'm saying? So I was like, okay. And, yeah. So they ended up taking me. My mom had to drive me to the local hospital, which I hated the hospital anyways. It's a fucking dump. I mean, it got a D ranking on Fox News. So what do you expect? Yeah, Fox News aired their ass out on national television with a D ranking, but that happened two years later after. So I'm sitting there, they're asking me if I smoke, if I do any drugs or anything like that. I'm like, this is so stupid, whatever, right? So they end up taking me through the emergency part, and they take me to a room, and I'm on suicide watch, because what I forgot to mention is I text Brittany saying, hey, you're probably not going to see me again. Because, you know, I'm probably going to be suspended. Well, I didn't put, I'm probably going to get suspended. I said, you're probably not going to see me again. 
but they brought her to the office and made her show the text. So they thought I was suicidal, which I was just thinking I'm going to get suspended. You know what I'm saying? Because I've already been suspended for, you know, talking back to a teacher and got three days home. So, you know, I'm already like thinking, oh, I'm about to get suspended again, right? And so here I'm sitting here like, okay, they take me out of my clothes. I have to stay in the room with the door open, so I got to hear all this fucking loud noise and shit in the hallway. I have to wear these stupid fucking scrubs, right? Not scrubs. I have to wear a nightgown with some grippy socks. And to be honest with you, it sucked because I couldn't even have my phone. My mom had to have my phone. The only thing I was able to do is just sit around and do nothing or watch TV. And we had to share the remote within the four other rooms. I'm like, are you kidding me? What kind of bullshit is this? But I was able to leave the room to go to the bathroom. But then on my last day, there was a social worker that walked in. I think it was the second to last day. Or I think it was that same day. But she came in and she just gave me some bullshit excuse. They were telling me that female uh, females are going to be in there longer than I am in the emergency part of the hospital because they have to get a female cop and they have to take them to, you know, the facility. So I would probably be out before the girl down the next door, right? Wrong. That girl left the next day. They took her to Bremar, which is a, like a military-type um, psychiatric facility. I definitely wouldn't have made it in there because I would have fucking hated it because I'm I back mouth and everything. So... I'm sitting there like, okay, so she's talking, and I get mad, like, I've been here four days, haven't done anything, had to eat shit food, only get to stare at the fucking plain white walls, and a TV that's not on, and if the TV is on, it's just not shit, should have told my mom to hand me the fucking phone anyways, but, you know, whatever, so she's talking, I was like, I think I said, I said, I need to just get the fuck out of here. This is fucking ridiculous or something like that. I know I said fuck. I said, maybe if you did your fucking job, I wouldn't be here right now. That's what it was. Yeah, I remember. And she was like, well, I'm doing the best I can. I said, obviously not because I'm still sitting here. You said it would be easier for me to leave before a female would. And I've already watched a female leave that furthest room and already be taken and gone. And I said, I'm getting very anxious. Like, I was pacing around the room after she left. I was pacing. Like, my anxiety was so bad. I was pacing. Then they end up taking me to the other part of the hospital, which is the general part. I've been there before because I had a CAT scan not too far from the room I was in. So I'm sitting there like, hey, you know, this is my new room. But, hey, down there, um, I had a CAT scan. So they told me they're going to be there at 7 Fuck no, they weren't there at no god darn 7. I got up at 7, waited around until fucking 10, until these stupid-ass cops showed up. About fucking time, it took you so long. So they handcuffed me around my ankles, and they handcuffed me around the belt, and then they handcuffed my hands to the belt like they do to the guys in jail, right? Then I have to walk through the hospital in front of all these people, not just, you know, any old body, doctors, nurses, actually pretty much any old body. I walked in front of a bunch of strangers. That's fucking ridiculous just to get to the back door. And then eventually they put me in the cop car. I fell asleep. And then, well, before that, they actually, this is what you're not supposed to do. The cop stopped at the other cop's house, which was a trailer. And I, um, excuse me, I memorized the, uh, the shit, right? You're supposed to leave from the hospital 
to the psychiatric facility. You're not supposed to stop at a fucking cop's house. What if I would have memorized that and I had a, like a vendetta against this cop? Oh, I just put her, her whole family just got endangered, right? Her whole family's in danger now, but that's not who I was and I didn't really give a fuck. So we're riding and we're driving two hours and 44 minutes to a fucking psychiatric facility called Old Vineyard, right? And I'm like, oh, it's like a behavior center. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So the, my hands are cuffed behind me and I wake up and I gotta piss. I'm like, you know, can we like stop at like a gas station or McDonald's or something so I can pee? Nah, we can't stop until like we get there. And I'm like, I'm going to piss this fucking back seat down. I don't give a fuck. And then finally we got there shortly after, you know, about 10 minutes after I said that. And they walked me into the facility. And I said, I'll check in after I pee. There's a bathroom right here. You know, I got into the bathroom. The cop uncuffed my legs. I said, I ain't worried about my legs. You know, just uncuff my hands. So he uncuffed my hands real quick. I took my whiz. I came in, checked in. They took me into a bathroom. They're making sure I didn't cut myself. I thought it was a little odd because, you know, I've never been around people who've cut themselves and all that. I mean, I've been around them now, but I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I don't need to take my shirt off. But, you know, I didn't understand. So I take my shirt off, and I'm walking around. Yeah, yeah, whatever. So my mom and dad finally bring clothes, but they had to take strings out of my shorts because they think I was going to hang myself with them. Well, they don't think I personally was, but they don't want no chances with anybody, you know? You're not even supposed to wear, like, tennis shoes, and if you do, you have to take the strings out. I'm like, how the fuck are you going to hang yourself with tennis shoe strings? That makes no fucking sense. The string is too thin, and it will break. And it's not even going to hold a body. I'm sorry, it's not. What am I going to do? Wrap it around my throat and just pull it as tight as I can and just hold it until I, like, slip out of consciousness? Is that what it is? I don't fucking know, but, you know, I went and uh, got my paperwork and everything, and I was like, oh, this is weird, so they finally take me to my room, and there's a day room, there's only one day room, a hallway with a bunch of rooms on it, and then they got one room that was for, like, school, so I'm like, oh, weird, so I go to my room, and there's nobody, I have no roommate, I'm like, yes, fucking right. So after that, they're like, oh, you can get settled and go see the other patients in the day room. Mind you, I'm in there with a bunch of boys. Look, I ain't gay. So I'm like, man, what the fuck am I doing here with nothing but men? At the end of our hallway, we're females, but we only got to see them during group. So I'm like, man, that's fucking dumb as shit, dude. Fuck that shit. So I walk into the day room, and it's small. It's like there's a few chairs against the wall. There's a few chairs in the middle. There's a TV shit like that these motherfuckers are about to watch the walking dead but they go up there and they change it because it said it was too violent mind you this is the reason why i think this is bullshit why they shouldn't have changed it because later on they let them watch alien versus predator or alien actually it was alien not even alien versus predator just alien the whole marathon of alien i'm watching a fucking alien rip out of this person's body and you're telling me that that's not more graphic than fucking Walking Dead? <laughs> what the fuck? Alien is more gory and graphic than fucking Walking Dead. So, I don't know, they're stupid. So, 
you know, time was going by slow. I met a guy, I talked to him, he tried to tell me about his lifestyle. I called bullshit on it. I'm like, yeah, whatever, dude. The lifestyle you're talking about is fake. But I never told him that. I actually act like I was interested. So there was another guy that came in there with me. His name was Harry Potter is what we called him. I don't remember his real name. James Jot. I don't remember his fucking name. I don't really care, to be honest with you. So I'm sitting in there. We all chilling, and we're having a good time. And, you know, they let us line up, and we go eat supper. We come back, and that's all we do every day is just sitting in the day room until we go to school around 12 something and we just do like seventh grade work but then my school ended up sending me my work i was like really not only you guys put me in a psychiatric ward but now you're going to be sending me my fucking homework fuck you so i did most of it but i was like nah fuck this bullshit so we only had like an hour and 30 minutes of school which was dope but then we would go back to the day room and do nothing all day the only other time we left is to go up there and get meds or to um, go to group, but group was in the day room. Unless if we, like, some of us did go across the hall to the other day room, which looked identical. So it was not like we were going anywhere anyways. So we had group, and it was all right. They let us take markers and write in, like, notebooks and shit. I can't remember where my fucking notebook went to save my damn life. Like, I'm really good at keeping a lot of shit. I have, like, stuff that, you know ex-girlfriends have given me i got stuff that old family members have given me like i have a lot of sentimental shit you know what i'm saying but that notebook <laughs> that ain't nowhere to be found nope nowhere to be found i know i wrote a lot of shit in it but you know it was cool but writing with the marker stupid because it you know blends through the paper we even had to do it on regular sheets of paper one guy there he was a uh a group guy, he was really cool, he got me interested in group and shit, because at first I was like, this is dumb as fuck, but I was into group real good, I was like, this is awesome, this is really fucking cool, but then, we had another guy, his name was G, or I forgot his fucking name, I know it started with the G, Greg, I think it was Gregory or Greg, he kind of looked like futuristic, and he came in there, you know, dressed up and everything, all nice, smelling good and all that. He's pretty cool. He told me my glasses remind him of Tony Stark glasses, which actually did not, to be honest. It was kind of a dumbass comment, but whatever. He was a nice guy, so I'm not going to sit here and be like a dick towards him or anything like that. But as time went by, you know, we just chilled and everything. So Harry Potter started acting out. <laughs> this is so funny. So... He just started acting wild. Everybody else was cool, common collective, and he was like yelling and acting like a fool. And we had this guy who was watching over us. He he used to work for um like a uh, a school, like you know the school for kids that are delinquents. And he's talking about yeah, any of y'all act up, then you know, you know, you try to fight me or anything, then we gonna have an issue, and you know, I'm gonna take you guys down and stuff. So I'm looking at this guy, and I'm like, you know, he's a black guy. I'm looking at him, and I'm like, dude, this isn't a fucking wrestling match. This is a psychiatric facility. You're talking about wrestling these people and all this stuff. Like, dude, that's not what your job is. You know, you're a PNA. That's not your job to fucking suplex people and all that. That's not what this fucking job is about. You put your hands on me, homie. We definitely going to have an issue. I'm going for the balls, I'm going for the neck, I'm going for the throat, I'm going for the 
neck breaker. I'm going for all of it, dude. So I'm like, shit, guy ain't shit. But I never got out of my pajamas at all. So, you know, it, it was just, that was pretty much it. He started yelling and yelling and yelling and stuff. So there's a guy named Angel. You know, he's a Puerto Rican guy, nice kid. He's got curly hair, you know, got the tan, pretty tall. He's sitting there on the phone talking to his family because we did get 15-minute phone calls with our family, you know. So he's sitting there on the phone, which this is what's fucked up. Okay, I'll tell you in the next story next Tuesday about the phone situation because the next episode is... um my experience working at a psychiatric facility (laughs) so y'all make sure you stay tuned for that one so we're on the phone for like 15 minutes or whatever angel's talking to his family you know i could see him through the glass of the day room because the phone's on the opposite side of the day room but you could see through it right and you see harry potter go uh thang 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 or i think he did something like the spongebob quote night 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 and he was like night and he yelled it right there beside angel's ear and Angel just, like, threw the phone down and looked at him. He was like, will you shut the fuck up? And he got in his face, and he was shaking. He was so mad, dude. He wanted to beat that. And then he went, and then ran past Angel. And Angel was like, I'm going to fuck him up. And they're like, calm down, Angel. Calm down. And Angel came back, and I said, relax, Angel. You got two days, and then you'll get out. If you hit him, you're going to have more days added on. So don't fucking do it. But then uh, he didn't do it, and... Within two days, he was out. He disappeared. I forgot to tell you about my roommate situation. So eventually, later, the first night, I ended up getting a roommate. His name is Tristan. He's a pyromaniac, and he barricades himself in his room. And he was about 12, and I was 16. Well, they didn't want me being in there with a young kid, so they put him into another room with a kid named Isaac, which he liked me because I could do the Uncle Grandpa impersonation. You know, so he would always be like, Good morning, Uncle Grandpa. And I'd be like, Good morning! You know, so it is what it is, but I ended up getting Blade in my room. He was pretty cool, but he, his family never gave him clothes or anything, so he wore the exact same shit every day. I mean, he did take showers. They did give him, like, the soap and stuff, but it was, like, jail soap and all that. That's what we got. So I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. Whatever. So, he snored a lot, no no problem with him, but he did snore a lot, and the beds were uncomfortable, they were hard as shit, I'm sorry about the dogs barking, they were hard as shit, and I'm like, man, I don't like these beds, and then we had to wake up at like 6 every day and fold them up, and then have to be in bed by like 9 or 10, it, it was bullshit, me and uh, Blade were like, man, this is dumb, so, Harry Potter shared a room with some other dude, and there was a guy named Jose across the room, Well, Jose used to protect Harry Potter because later on we had these two guys come to the psychiatric facility. There was a guy named Damien Cadena and a kid named Donnie. So, you know, I'm in a whole new area. I don't know anybody. Like I told you, I'm two hours and 44 minutes away from my hometown. So I walk up to these guys. I'm like, who are you guys? And they're like, my name's Damien Cadena and this is Donnie. I said, Donnie, I said, where y'all from? And he said, I'm from Castelia. And the other guy said, man, I'm from Cokie Road. And people looking at him like, what the fuck are they even talking about? But I know what they're talking about. Because Castelia is about, it's on the outskirts of Nashville. Because I lived in Rocky Mount. Rocky, right beside Rocky Mount is Nashville. And then when you're going through Nashville and you go into the outskirts, you're going to Castelia. But if you go the opposite way towards like my buddy Brandon's house, if you... 
get back on the highway and you keep going, keep going, keep going, if you stay on like I think I think ninety five or something, if you if you go through like the the hood of Rocky Mount, you go through the hood, Cokie Road is kinda like out of the hood and in the hood. It's like one long ass road, you know. So I'm looking at him like, Yeah, I know where Cokie Road is and then I tell him exactly the like the coordinates. He's like, Yeah and I let that, that Damien kid I say, Yeah, I know where Castellia is on the outskirts of Nashville. I used to live on Taylor Store Road. And he was like, oh, shit, like, ah. So we start talking. What I don't realize is Damien is neighbors with the girl I was dating, the girl that was cheating on me. I'm, and I told him my situation. He was like, dude, that's fucked up. Yeah, she's crazy and shit. She lives, like, the next door to me on Breed, Breeden Road or something like that. And I'm like, who knew that I was going to meet somebody that actually knew the girl I was dating, or just in my hometown in general, because Castellia is really not that far, like, I've been there a lot of times, like, I've been there more than I can count, I used to live there, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty much the country, there's not really much out there, I mean, shit, I just drove through it not too long ago to go to my friend Brooklyn's house, because she, she lives in Lewisburg, so you have to go through Castellia to get there, or you could take the highway, but the backwards is quicker, a lot quicker, so I'm thinking to myself, damn, dude, this is dope. So I get cool with the kid, and we hang out and shit. But one day, me, him, Blade, and a guy named, uh, what was his name? Fucking Raphael. So Raphael's been there before. This was his second time being there, and I'm like, ooh. So he's just chilling, talking, and everything. And all of a sudden, Harry Potter just starts flipping off the handle. Because there's this little kid named Samuel, you know, little black kid named Samuel. Uh, he's about 12, but he's mouthy as fuck. He's just mouthy, mouthy. Think he's somebody, and he's really skinny. You could literally just grab that kid. He's probably like 50 pounds at the most. And you could toss that motherfucker around the fucking room. So I'm like, yeah. So him and Harry Potter got into it. And Jose has been protecting Harry Potter. Because Donnie and Harry Potter have been having issues. And Donnie was talking about, oh... I'm going to, like, dump my tray on him, and then we're going to fight in the middle of the cafeteria. And I'm like, don't fight with that guy being our, you know, counselor or whatever, PNA, because he's going to fucking slam one of y'all motherfuckers because he's been talking about it. So it never happened. And even when we went outside, it was closed in. We played dodgeball. I was the best. I beat everybody's fucking ass in dodgeball. I was the fucking man. I'm surprised they even let us play that game. I thought they would make us play, like, kickball or something, but... Nope, we got to play dodgeball. <laughs> it was so much fun. So, I mean, there was already a little bit of animosity in between, you know, Donnie and Harry Potter. And Jose was taking up for Harry Potter. He thought he was going to get jumped. So, he's, like, being his bodyguard and following him and stuff. Man, shit switched because Harry Potter was getting into it with um Samuel. And I'm sitting there with Jose. Jose's not leaving. He's not going home. Once he leaves here, he's going to a wilderness camp. And he's going to be there for six months. And he was explaining that to me. There was another kid. He was a very educated kid. He had um, schizophrenia, but his parents were scared of him. So they would try to get him sent to as many psych wards as they can for him to get away. He wasn't a bad kid. His parents just thought schizophrenia was like, oh, he was going to go on a murderous rampage and kill them. Not one time did that kid ever give me trouble or give any of us trouble. But it really burnt my heart because 
he said, oh, yeah, I'm going to be leaving here in three days. I'm like, I'm proud of you. He said, don't be. I'm being sent to another facility for about six months. So while you're enjoying Halloween, your birthday, and Christmas, I will be sitting up in another facility. And, man, that broke my fucking heart, yo. I hope you're out and doing good, dude. Because he was older than me. I think he was, like, 17, so he's about 25 now. Him and Blade, they're both 25. I hope, dude, wherever you are at, I hope that you're not in another facility. I hope you're not, dude. You're very fucking smart. You're really intelligent. Hope you're doing well. I don't remember your name, but I hope you're doing well. So I'm sitting there like, okay, this is crazy. And all of a sudden, right, Samuel and Harry Potter's getting into it, right? Jose's sitting there talking to me. And we're watching what's going down. So he's talking to me while looking at Harry Potter and Samuel. He's looking at them by the door, right? So he's like, I'll be right back. So I'm thinking, you know, he's going to go over there and, you know, take up for Harry Potter or whatever because he's been doing it for a while. You know, he would even sit at his doorway while Harry Potter was in his room. And then every time he'd come out of his room, he'd follow him. He was his bodyguard. So he walks over there and they pretty much take Samuel out of the room and, you know, tell him to go down the hallway to chill off. So Jose's just standing there. He's just like chilling, right? Harry Potter doesn't even say nothing to him. He was like, man, fuck that kid or something like that. He said something, and all of a sudden, Jose just, like, punched him right in the face. I'm like, whoa. He was just protecting you, but now he just punched you in the face. He wasn't even talking to Jose. Jose didn't say nothing to him, and he didn't say nothing to Jose. He was Harry Potter was still a little pissed off, but he said something to, like, the guard, like, the P&As, and he punched fucking... Harry Potter in the face. I'm like, what? And they start fighting, and then they separate it. And that guy didn't body slam nobody. He just, he pulled it apart and whatever. And um, they both ended up getting in trouble. They had to go to their rooms. And since we all laughed and thought it was so great, we all had to go to our rooms too. And Blade was telling me about the SpongeBob pill. And he's like, yo, it gets you high. Because, you know, he was there for drugs. So I'm like, "Eh, cool. Like, whatever. I never did any pills. So I stood on my bed, and I clapped. I went, just clapping, and then I lay back in bed and roll over, and they would come down the hallway and look at the rooms and see where it was coming from, and then they would go back to the end of the hallway. I'd do it again. They're like, we know it's coming from y'all, but they didn't know because they would be looking in all four rooms, and I'm like, I wouldn't move because I could see their shadow in the doorway, but I was facing away from them, so I'm like, that was funny. So, yeah, that was that was. That was probably the best part of it. But like like I told you guys, every day we just woke up, put blanket like put the blankets back on the bed, fixed it up, got in line to go eat breakfast, came back, you know, did school, sat in the day room, and then a group eventually happened, and then we would go outside sometimes, and then we would have group again, and then we would just do whatever we want, and then go to lunch somewhere around that time and then whatever and then dinner it was the same schedule every day it was kind of boring so there's not really a lot of cool stories to really say because not really much happened it was like that squidward episode where he goes to the town he does the same thing every day rides the bike paints plays the clarinet rides the bike home does it all over again that's how it was and it sucked it really did suck and I think Harry Potter, he didn't show up for two days. We're like, where the fuck is he? They gave him thing. They give him this thing called the booty juice. 
which we didn't use that when I was a uh, PNA, but whatever. So I'm like, the booty juice. They must have held him down and injected some fluid into him called the booty juice, is what we called it. I don't know what the real term was. I don't know what they actually used on him. But that motherfucker was in lights out for two days. We didn't see him for two days. I was like, oof. That was enough to keep me straight on a straight path. I was like, fuck that. I wasn't thinking about doing anything anyways, but I was like, man, that keeps me on a straight path. All the guys were cool with me. You know, they, they liked me. So I had no issues. But eventually, you know, a lot of people left. More people came in, but... Finally, my day was there, and I packed up all my shit, and the nurse, Mr. Shannon, he was like, so, what's going to bring you back to see us next time? I said, I'll never see y'all ever again. Like, this is it. But you also don't want to talk shit and flick your fingers off, because they were telling us if you walk out, like, flicking people off and stuff, they can bring you back in and make you stay longer. That's the problem with psychiatric facilities. It's not like jail. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you get in trouble... You have to stay longer. So if you're getting released in two days and you punch somebody in the face, you might not get released until two or three or four weeks later. You know what I'm saying? And the reason they released me early is because I talked to my social worker and I talked to my doctor and I was like, yeah, I kind of don't want to miss Halloween or my birthday. My mom was saying the same thing on the phone. And my doc, Dr. Carlton, he was like, Nick, I'm going to be honest with you. What the hell are you doing here anyways? And I tell him the reason. So he's just like, what the fuck he's mind blown he's like looking at me like he's like you're not even really supposed to be here and I was like right but I'm involuntary so I can't leave I could if I was voluntary I would have already left I would have stayed my three days and leave that would have been it but since I was involuntary I had to stay for the mandatory eight days but I got out a a day or two before uh, Halloween because I went in there October 21st you know they took my picture you know did my uh, vitals and all that I forgot we did vitals every day as well. But finally, I packed up my stuff. You know, I wore my pajamas every day, but I did take a shower. And, uh, oh, yeah, I forgot on Tuesdays, our parents were allowed to come and see us. I think I broke down in front of my parents on the table in the cafeteria because I was like, I really want to go home. They're like, we really want you to come home too. And that's when I realized, I was like, man, fuck this. I'll never go to jail. I'll never go to prison. I'm never going to go to another psychiatric facility. I'm fucking done I did not realize how my freedom was stripped from me until then dude it felt like I was in a prison it was ridiculous man I was like fuck that shit so when I left Shannon was like what's gonna bring you back here I was like nothing I'm never coming back and you never know because even if I do go through the same cycle I went through I might not even end up back in that psychiatric facility I might end up in another one My buddy Robbie, he was like, yeah, I didn't go anywhere. There's a psychiatric facility right beside the hospital called uh, Coastal Plains. And I went there and it was a walk in the park. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You had a walk in the park? And I was telling him stuff. And he was like, dude, it seemed like they had some strict rules and shit. They did have like an adult uh, part of the hospital, but I never saw it. But my parents grabbed all my stuff. Uh, Miss Shannon asked me that question. I said, I'm never coming back. I didn't really say much after that because I wasn't trying to ruin my chance of leaving. So we got in the car, packed up everything. My parents are driving. I'm touching my cell phone. I look at my cell phone like I've never fucking seen it before. I even listened to the song by Dennis called um, My Only Chance. And I was listening to that before I got thrown in the psych ward. But I finally was listening to that 
when I got out, and it felt like I've never seen my phone before. My phone felt smaller. It felt different and stuff. But then when we drove, like, two miles, like, when we drove a mile away from the facility, I was like, man, I flicked it off. My parents didn't see me, but I flicked the fucking place off. I was like, I ain't never going back. I'm not. I'm never going back. I was, what, I was, I was 16 at that time. I'm now 24. So, yeah, never going back. But that was... That was a crazy experience, man. I feel bad for some of those kids that didn't get to go home or had to go home to broken families and shit. I, I got lucky, so. I mean, it was a good experience, but, it, you know, when I first got home, I was like, man, I feel like a changed man. But then, like, as days get by, like, my anger got better, but my school was like, um, since him being absent and all this stuff, we're going to either have to flunk him or send him to Tar River Academy, which was an alternative school. And my parents were like, nah. So they homeschooled me for my last two years. My parents didn't. A computer did. So I got to pause it and do whatever I wanted while my parents were at work. <laughs> I'd cook pizza and stuff. But I'd knock out a lot. I would knock out a lot in two, two, three hours and then just take a break and watch TV. <laughs> I eventually, you know, graduated. I got to walk on a stage in, uh, you know, Winsome-Salem, which was where the psychiatric facility was. And guess what? Now I'm in Winsome-Salem in a building graduating with a bunch of strangers that I don't know. But the good thing is they give you a rose and you walk up on the stage and you hand your mother the rose and your dad hands you the diploma and then you shake your dad's hand. And then one of your other family members, like my sister, she took the picture for us and then even got up in the picture and then let somebody else take them for her. And then we walked down the stairs and then the front stairs and then we walked by everybody and then we went back to our seats so yeah even my prom was like awesome it was like the garden of eden it felt like so i mean i was like damn i should have been homeschooled quicker than this did i miss high school one bit fuck no it's not like i was gonna hang out with any of the people i was hanging out with in high school all my friends were in different schools like brandon and matt they didn't go to school with me sean was homeschooled uh michael was the only one that went to school with me but you know by that time his ass already graduated you know what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, I didn't really have anybody. My sister already graduated. She graduated when I was a freshman, so it's not like she was there. Um, you know, she was already in college at Wesleyan, so I didn't really get to see her there. You know, so, yeah, high school sucked. I hated it, but, you know, it is what it is. I don't hold no grudges against them. I'm going to continue to move on, you know, I was 16, whatever. But next time... Don't just throw somebody in a psychiatric ward just because another student says something. Like, you got to have solid proof, solid evidence, concrete evidence. Don't just do that because you could have really screwed my life up for real. You know, I'm glad that I was not a, an adult because if I was an adult, I wouldn't be able to own a firearm. Even though they said they're going to scrub it from my record. Even though they scrub it from your record, police officers can still see it. They can unscrub it to see it and then they have to scrub it back. So they could still see it still on your record regardless. Or expunged or whatever they want to call it. But, yeah. That's my story. I know it was kind of boring. There wasn't really a lot of fun parts. We weren't able to talk to the girls because they were um, screwed up and they were like, we weren't allowed. Oh, yeah, this is why I don't trust women either, man. I forgot about this. I was sitting on the bed and the girls were walking by. And one of the girls was kind of cute. I ain't going to lie, but you're not really supposed to talk to them. I just went, hi. That was it. And that bitch fucking told somebody. And they came back. They're like, did you speak to one of the girls? Such and such? I said, I didn't speak to none of them. 
I said, I'm, tr I'm not speaking to any of them. And they're like, are you sure you didn't say, like, hi to them or nothing? And I said, hell no. I'm not trying to be stuck here any longer than I have to be. Because if you get, talk if you get stuck talking to the girls or something, they can, like, extend your stay. And I'm not doing that. Like, fuck this place. Fuck old vineyard. You're not going to hold me any longer. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm leaving. So for the girl that told me, like, the girl that I did say hi, but you can't really see because there's no cameras in the room. She was in the hallway, and she was by herself, and she stopped and stared at me, and I said, hi, real quick. And then she just kept running. Like, she didn't run. She just, like, took off, like, speed walking. So, uh, girl, you know who you are. Old Vineyard. 2013 you were walking by me and you stopped at my room you know who you are if you're listening to this go fuck yourself you sorry sack of shit of a whore fuck you and your mama bitch um <laughs> nah i don't hold no grudges actually i do fuck that bitch so yeah other than that nothing else really happened man that was just pretty much my stay i think damien ended up getting out me and blade we were we uh actually got each other's phone numbers even though you're not supposed to do that but haha <laughs> we're savages so i got his phone number he eventually called me one time but after that we ain't never spoke since damien kadina we at each other on facebook but he never uses facebook like that so we kind of lost contact too so damien kadina you out there bro hope you're doing good and donnie if you out there too i hope you're doing good too bud blade if you're out there i hope you're doing good too bud and to all the other guys i wish y'all the best too but yeah, that, that shit was a fucked up experience. I never wanted to go through that. So I hope nobody ever has to go through that. But that's about it, man. I only stayed eight days, and that was pretty much what really happened. The rest of it was just us sitting around doing nothing all day. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Sorry that I'm uploading it Friday, not Thursday. Just a lot of shit was happening yesterday, and I was in my feels and everything. So I'm going to have Emily... Um, talk about it. Me and her are going to record the episode tonight, but y'all ain't going to hear it until Thursday because I do want to tell the story about my psychiatric facility, my psychiatric experience as a PNA. So I'm going from being a patient to being an employee. And y'all got to hear the story to that one. That's going to be much, much, much longer. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, yeah, it was a good story to tell and uh, fuck that place. <laughs> I hope that they're doing better and they're actually taking good care of the kids and the adults that are in there. But you ain't going to catch me in there no more. Fuck that shit. Well, I love you guys. Y'all stay safe and I'll catch you in the next episode. Peace.